0: So I'm going to be teaching on peace tonight, (laughs) the peace of God, the peace of God. Um, The Lord has brought me uh, to a new level in this area recently, and so I'm quite excited about this topic because um, if we can get ourselves into that flow of peace and stay there, then what happens is that shield that the Lord has for us goes into place. And the devil can't have a place in us. And did you hear what I said? A life where the devil cannot have a place in you is a a triumphant life. It's a triumphant life. So every single one of us needs greater discipline in our thought life. Every single one of us needs to come up higher. No matter where we are, we've got to come up higher in our thought life. I like what Pastor Nancy says. She says, we have to deal with our mind because every one of us has one. (laughs) You can't get away from it. We have to deal with our mind. And so I want to talk, as the Lord leads me tonight, I want to talk about experiences and scriptures to help us do that, help us become more skillful in that area. And so um, Jesus didn't just die on the cross. He died on the cross, but he was in that garden and his mind was tormented so that ours could be free. Now, please take off any religious goggles when you hear me say that. What it means that he took it means that we don't have to take it. That's right. So, what kind of a life is it where you don't have to take grief and sorrow, even though there's things all around us? that can evoke sorrow, grief. But he says that he took it. In the same way that he took our sicknesses, he took our griefs and sorrows, and he's provided peace. So in that garden, when he was agonizing, he was sending a message to us that his mind was in agony so that our mind would never, never be in agony about anything. And I'm telling you, your natural mind is not capable of going anywhere near that. We're talking about a supernatural flow. And first of all, we have to know that it's available. We teach healing here. We We pull up the scriptures and, you know, most of us here agree, yes, we've heard it and we've heard it. Yes, he provided healing. And I would dare to say most, if not all of us, have received the healing. Where we say, yes, I've even experienced Or many times experience the healing power but he also provided the same for our peace for our minds and we have to in order to live a triumphant life you're going to have to learn how to get into that flow of peace and stay there I've referred to it sometimes as getting in the spirit not getting back out and so what happens is in some areas we get in the spirit we stay in the spirit Because we've learned enough, we've renewed our minds enough to stay in. We're not um, easily duped anymore because we've heard enough word that we close the door in certain areas. But there's other areas where we have not even identified. We haven't even identified that we're in fear, dread, anxiety, worry. Because what we do is we put it through the filter of the mind. And in the back of our mind, sometimes we think it's reasonable. There's the word. Yeah. Yeah. It's reasonable uh, yeah. for me to feel this way. And if you're talking about the natural, you're absolutely right. But we're not talking about the natural. We're talking about turning into your spirit and finding a supply there that is completely supernatural. Yes. Completely supernatural to be able to deal with those things so that you walk in peace and you practice peace and nothing pulls you out of peace. But it's not just that you would stay in peace and have an outward shell of being peaceful. It's so that you are learning to tap into something that's here so that everything else experiences that peace. And it's very real. It's not a denial of facts. It's not an exercising of the soul, although the soul does have to agree. It comes from the inner man. That peace comes from the inner man. And when you learn how to get in there and protect it and stay in there and you don't come out. Pastor Nancy says it like this, the Lord began to show her how to get into peace. And she taught on it for three years. She's teaching it right now. I told her when I was down there, I said, um, I said, Mom, I'm, I'm gonna be preaching your stuff Because the Lord said to me one day, he said, this message is going to be lost if it's not taught to this generation. So why aren't you preaching, as I'd show you, what your mother's preaching, what Dad Hagen taught? Of course, it comes through me. It comes through this vessel. There's different stories. There's different emphasis. But that message has to be taught because we have to know how to be um, quiet in our minds. There's dominion there. There's not just dominion in the body, there's got to be dominion in the mind for the triumphant life of the believer. It's it's critical. And actually, until you start to learn how to walk out the peace that God provides, uh, you're still, uh, please understand we're all growing, but you're not maturing yet until you begin to step into that peace and not allow things to pull you out. I didn't say you were completely immature. I'm not completely immature and I've got a long way to go, but I'm saying, We have to turn toward it. We have to go after this. So his mind was tormented so that ours could be free. So this is what's offered. This is a a mind that's free from torment, free from anxiety, free from the fruit of the flesh. There's the fruit of the spirit, but there's the fruit of the flesh. The mind that is restrained and exercised only to the spirit and never to the flesh. He took the torment of the mind and that's part of our inheritance in Christ and if we don't know it, it's gonna get robbed from us. We're gonna act just like the world. We're gonna freak out just like the world. We're gonna worry, we're gonna justify our worry, we're gonna get into anxiety, depression. Yes, because we don't know how to turn it off. You know, sometimes you'll hear us say, you know, turn." Get out of the mental arena. Turn off your mind. Now anyone that's been here for any time understands we're not talking about being a zombie. But what we are saying, what it really means is the unrenewed part of your mind. Turn it off. If your mind's renewed, you don't need to turn it off. It's agreeing with your spirit, it's agreeing with the word. But the part that's starting to scream, turn it off and turn from it. Because the Lord gave you his word and he gave you his thoughts. He gave you his word. He gave you a book full of them so that you wouldn't even have to come up with what you need to say, what you need to meditate on. He gave you a book full of life. He gave you himself in written form. The word says in Psalm 107.20, it says he sent his word, 107.20, and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word, And he healed them. And he delivered them from their destruction. So every time we hear the word, we should be believing for healing. We should be believing to be delivered from any destruction that is in our individual path. Anything set up to destroy or take from us. We should be expecting whenever we are under the word for it to heal us. For it to deliver us. Some of the greatest deliverances and healings I've ever received, nobody laid a finger on me. It was just being in the presence of the Lord in the sanctuary and noticing there was a difference afterward. My husband can say the same thing. He had one of the greatest things in his life happen when he went to Pastor Jay Eberly's church this year. Something supernatural that he had been battling for a couple of decades and it left him in the service. No one laid a finger on him. No one even knows. But he came home and witnessed to me. Yeah. There are things that are particular in trying to destroy your life. But if you take the word into your heart to believe it, you will be delivered from those tactics of the enemy. Whatever is trying to oppose you, the word is the answer. It overcomes and it's your victory in the particular area that you need it. And as you are hearing, expect it to go in and heal your body. Expect it to minister healing to your mind. Expect it to deliver you. (laughs) <laughs> and make you sound and whole. Amen. Release your faith and be made whole. 2 Timothy 1.7. Let's go there. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Yeah, right. There's a ruling spirit in this world. Yeah. Yeah. It affects every single person that's born on the planet. Yes. Yeah. And it's called the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is the ruling spirit. It's the ruling spirit. It affects every single person. It is a high-ranking spirit in the evil realm. But this verse says that we have power over it. You know that the, the Bible is not waxing poetic when it says that we have authority over the spirit of fear. That means in any area that it shows up, We have authority over it. We have been given power over it. And there is a flow of love. There's an anointing of love that keeps us walking in that power, in that dominion. And in that power and in that love, there's a sound mind that is produced. A sound mind to keep you no matter what is happening around you. Power, dominion, love, and a sound mind. That's the only way we're supposed to look. And I don't mean by putting on an ax. I mean flowing from the inside of us is power, dominion, a flow of love, and a sound mind. If God did not author this spirit of fear, then we have power over it. God brings out in this scripture fear as a principal thing because it rules in this room, it rules everything. In this realm but we have been given the authority to completely dominate the devil attacks our minds to gain access to our thoughts if he can get us into fear our faith will not work our faith will not work if we are afraid if we are easily disturbed our faith will not work our minds will not operate in power Love and soundness and be effective. When you think right, you believe right. When you believe right, you speak right. And when you speak right, you receive right. And we have a glorious inheritance. And our job is to walk in it. Walk in it. Figure it out and walk in it. The Bible is all instruction. It's all instruction for us how to To cooperate with God and the laws of the spirit that we would walk above anything that this earth throws at us, anything, anything. Sound mind, power, love. We must refuse to allow our sound mind to be taken from us. Everything that is promised to us, the devil wants to steal it. He's hard at work attempting to take it from us. We have to hold fast to a sound mind. We don't let it get away from us. Do you hear that? That is completely within our control. A sound mind is completely within our control. Ephesians 4, verse 26 and 27 says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And then 27 says, Neither give place to the devil. Do you notice all the emphasis is on you? You can be angry and sin not. What is that explaining there? That is, you're seeing flesh, and then you're seeing dominion and the spirit ruling over the flesh. He's saying, be angry, but don't you sin. Your spirit man keeps your flesh in check. And I remember when I was younger, I would think, you know, you know, I'm talking about the days that are a doozy. You know, like everything went wrong, not just one thing. Like the whole world exploded and everyone was against you. And how in the world can you do this verse? Well, it's a decision you make in your spirit. Yes, it yeah. It's a spirit action. It's not about your, your feathers are fluffed and you don't feel it anymore. You might not get those feathers down before you go to sleep. You might not. If it's that bad, but what you can do is your internal, your spirit makes the decision. It makes a choice. It's like forgiveness. I forgive. I walk in forgiveness. I will not be found in unforgiveness. And you turn from it and you walk the other way. Doesn't have to be any feelings attached. The feelings will come. You'll feel the, vic- the victory. You will feel it. You'll feel that thing come off you. You'll feel it. You might not feel it in that microsecond, but it will. When you do the word. Provision is made for you. Strong provision. That's why Pastor Nancy said that grief was no match for the spirit of peace. That's right. yeah. That's right. Anybody that is used to living in only the realm of the mental cannot process that. They cannot understand that because they're thinking it's a mental flow. It's a strong personality flow. It's not. It's of the spirit. And once you get in there and stay there, you can exercise it. It's like you're in and you've closed the door and things are banging, but they can't get to you. And I used to think that was almost metaphorical, but it's not. It's true peace. You can feel it. You can live in it. It permeates your being. It permeates your language and your actions, but it is a flow out of the spirit. It is. But neither give place to the devil. So letting the enemy come in and take thoughts and put them on the inside of us for us to open the door and let him come in and wreak havoc is not, (laughs) it's dangerous. We're not supposed to give him place. He's not supposed to have place. We're supposed to have enough word in us that when that enemy tries to come, we begin to speak. I'll give an example. Um a couple of weeks ago, maybe. I woke up, this is a very rare thing, I don't think I've ever experienced this in my life. I woke up, and when I woke up, I woke up angry. And I was, I thought, I didn't know why I was angry. It's the strangest thing, I've never experienced that. If it was, I was under attack, it didn't feel like I was miffed or annoyed. I woke up angry, and, I, and I, as soon as I felt it, I said, Lord, what is that? And he took me to uh, someone that had, you know, done something wrong. And I, I flipped my feet out, out over the side of the bed and I said, no, 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 no. I, I see what you're doing. No. I know what you're doing. Yeah. I walk in forgiveness towards that person. They're perfectly forgiven by me. And I got up and it, it lifted off me like a bird. I kid you not. It, just, it went away. And it made me happy because I felt the dominion of the spirit because I'm doing the word. I'm not lying there rehearsing. No, as soon as I opened, as soon as I went, oh, I know what you're doing. I spoke out loud. Oh, I know what you're doing. Yeah. That won't work with me. I walk in forgiveness. Yes. They're totally forgiven by me. And I got and I went my merry way. Yeah. And about three hours later, I was in the kitchen and I was chopping vegetables. I was prepping for supper. And if I looked at the clock, I could tell you when an evil spirit walked into my kitchen. Now, I don't feel this every day, so don't, don't think that I do. But I could have looked at the clock and and named the minute, and it was a spirit of grief and sorrow. And it was the kind that would put you in the floor. That kind. And I was standing at the end of my counter, and I looked up, and I went, no, you don't. I said, you spirit of grief and sorrow. Now, Now listen to me. I'm not just telling you a story. There's lessons in the story. I said, you spirit of grief and sorrow, according to Isaiah 53, took my griefs. He took my sorrows. I'm never going to allow you entrance. Never. And I stood there and I, I spoke to it for about 10 minutes constantly. No, you don't. You leave. There's no place for you to land there. Give no place to the devil. Now listen. Most of us stand there, and I've done it a billion times. And we begin to entertain what that spirit brought. We begin to... Rotate over and over the proof that that spirit brought But because I have a pastor that teaches on the mind and how to stay in peace I recognized it and After 15 minutes that thing walked out of my kitchen, and I had the best day. I had complete dominion and I have experienced that in this last year over And over and over, when I went down to California, I sat across from Mom and I said to her, I said, Mom, I gotta tell you something. I said, I know you've been teaching this for years. And I said, I got parts of it, I went after it, I got some victory. I said, but I didn't get in and shut the door behind me. This would be good, this would be good, you know, less cranky here, less angry here, making progress. But I didn't understand that it's forbidden. Mentally, I did. Yeah, yeah, we all agree with the word. Yeah, 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 amen. You know, we're not supposed to worry. But I mean, I never got in where everything has to go through a filter to be allowed to get in. And I mean everything, everything. The other morning, we were like getting here for Sunday morning. My van broke down on the end of my street. And I, 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 right away, the thought came, like, you're going to be late. And I just thought, I don't care. I don't care. And it's not that I don't care about anything. But I'm not going to have anxiety. I'm not going to have a bad morning. I'm not going to take it out on my children. I just, I'm not doing it. It has to go through a filter that has been put in place by listening to the word. What it looks like. What does it mean? And once we know what it means, we can begin to do. Once we know what it actually boils down to, we can operate in it. And the Lord always makes his word doable and simple, but it's so powerful. It's life-changing. It's really life-changing. So I give the glory to the Lord. (laughs) You can be like Paul said in Philippians 4.11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned... Learned is your word, if this was a Bible study class. I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. And the word content has another connotation meaning lifted up. So things are going on around Paul. I mean, he's in prison. I mean, it's, it's dark, but he's learned. How can he learn that? Do you think it's because of his mental strength? It would seem that people put it down to that, but that's not what it was. He had learned to commune with the Lord until that was so much stronger than anything that was happening around him. The peace of God. We only accept the thoughts that belong to a sound mind. Do you hear me? Yes. We only accept, Accept. we, we only accept the thoughts that belong to a sound mind. There is a militancy that will grow in you as you mature spiritually. Taking thoughts captive is a must if you're to grow properly. The flesh wars against the spirit, and the spirit's job is to keep it in its place. When we think right, we agree with the faith that's in our heart. A mind that is unrenewed argues against the faith within your own heart. It doesn't agree with the word, but argues against it. Until until your mind's renewed in that area, you're going to hear the arguments of the flesh. When you think right, the faith that's in your spirit can go unhindered. But when you think wrong, your mind will argue and contest the very things that the word has put in your heart. You may be wanting to release your faith and your mind will say, you're not doing that. But see, once you feed your spirit enough, your spirit will dominate your flesh. Our spirit is to tell our flesh what to do. That's how we're supposed to live. A sound mind is a mind, and I love this, that we put restraints on it. It's, control, it's very controlled. And we don't let our mind just go and do anything it wants or think anything it wants. We actually don't allow it. We put boundaries on it, bumpers around it. What are those boundaries? The Word. The Word. Well, that's not realistic. It is in the Spirit. It is in the spirit. What are the thoughts of the word given to us? The word is the safeguard to keep us in the flow of the sound mind. There is a flow that... Listen, when I first started to go down to see Dr. and Pastor Nancy, I just, I was amazed at their high level with which they spoke, but I could also see that I was not there. Things that bothered me, you, I wanted to talk it out. You, do you understand what I mean? I just... And But as you turn to your spirit, the wisdom is in your spirit. Yeah. And you actually lose the taste yeah. of wanting to, to talk about it, yeah. to flesh it out in the flesh. Yeah. Now, if we, if we talk about it and get in the spirit, it's different altogether. It's That's getting right. excited because there's answers in the spirit. Okay. A mind that is not controlled is, is the sign of a, you need a lot of growth. You have to start controlling the mind. You have to wrestle it until you have it completely within your grasp. It's not allowed to think what it wants to think if it's not in line with the word of God. That's why the flow of heaven never allows complaining or speaking against the word or speaking against peace or not believing with hope. We're never hopeless. Never. 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 Hopeless. We have the word of God. Yes. And it protects us. And yes, situations get away from us and there, there's concerns sometimes that we see that are very, very real. But we, the Lord says you're never going to be able to bring solution to that in worry. Yes. You're never going to be able to bring solution to that in flesh. Yes. You know, that's like this. Sometimes, you know, people have troubles in their marriage. And the devil will get, get them in the natural realm. That's where he gets them. Yes they're bothered. Yeah. So they wanna rehearse, rehearse, rehearse yeah. what they're bothered about. Yeah. And do they have a legitimate reason or to be irritated? Sometimes, yes, absolutely. But there's no answers there. That's right. That's right. There's no answers. And so in your life, you're to be, I'm just gonna say, you're going to, you need to be married to Christ. Amen. Then when you get in your spirit, you can separate yourself from the spouse enough That now you're just a praying machine for that spouse. Now you've got the energies of heaven, the soundness of heaven to pray for that spouse. And you didn't get tripped up because you're in the natural so much. You're in a natural fleshly flow that only brings death. That's all it's going to bring is death, complaining, bickering, unhappiness. Whereas if you had tapped into the flow of the spirit and done the word, You could have acknowledged, like Paul. Remember Paul said, I've learned to be content. He did not like his surroundings. Some people don't like the marriage that they're in. Mm -hmm. But if you're content, if you learn to be content in your spirit, man, you can separate yourself from the situation and pray in the Holy Ghost or in English. And what happens is you turn all that spiritual energy into helping that spouse. And there's answers there. There's perfect answers, perfect peace, perfect elevation of the spirit there. Amen. And you're not tripped up by just rewinding and going back and forth over the flesh. The flesh has no life in it. Amen. But the spirit brings aid. It brings deliverance. It brings change. Amen. You have to stay in your spirit. That's why it's not okay. As Christians, it is not okay for us to fight in our marriages. Right. That's right. It's actually wrong. It's a flow of the flesh, and it destroys over time. I'm not saying that you don't disagree about things. I'm talking about fighting. I'm talking about lack of respect. And what the devil would love to do is get us so fleshly minded that we don't even think about praying for the spouse or praying for the marriage, not from a a need perspective, but from from a, a spiritual flow and getting it to its highest place because they're so engaged and embroiled with the everyday that there's absolutely no supply of heaven. It's like the word works all over the place, but not there. No, not there, because until he changes or until she changes, what are we supposed to do about it? No, you're supposed to get in your spirit. Put a muzzle on your mouth. Turn the thoughts that the enemy slanders your spouse with true or not. You should not accept those words from him because the end of that is death. That's right. So you turn to your spirit. You turn to the word and you stay. That's where you live and nothing gets past the filter. And listen, while you're praying it out, you just deepen your relationship with the Lord. And he keeps you from being lonely. And he keeps you from retaliating until you're living your best life whether, no matter what. Because that's what Paul did. That's what he's talking about. I have learned to be content, but God changed many things for him. Things he was believing for. And people say, well, you know, he got murdered. Paul chose. Paul chose. He said it very clearly. I got a choice to make. It's better for you if I stay. But I really want to go. That's what he said. It was his choice. There's a flow of heaven for everything, but if we get and stay in the flesh, nothing but death. Yeah. Nothing but death. Flesh can never give you life. It can never deliver. Amen. There are things There are things that we have to do. I get up in the morning, I speak to my spouse, and there's natural side of life, but the natural side comes after the spirit. Amen. After. The Spirit has to lead. It's not okay to criticize. It's not okay to be unkind. The fruit of the Spirit, that's the personality of the Holy Ghost and he lives inside of us and he's saying, yield. Yield to me. Yield to the flow on the inside. I've got peace, I've got joy and when things are looking like they're all out of place, you come sit with me and I'll keep you in peace. And remember, the Word talks a lot about faith and patience. Because some things are quick and some things are not. But if you're walking and you're in peace, that patience builds strength in you. You can be perfectly at peace in situations that are way less than ideal. That's the kind of peace God wants for you. He wants you in peace long before the situation is solved. Long before. Not getting out because if you're, once you're in the spirit, you become convinced long before you ever see the manifestation. That's just the cleanup. And the more you spend time with the Lord, the more you realize he means what he says. He's going to change this for me. That mountain gets thrown into the sea, and I'm getting the desires of my heart. But that just builds and waxes stronger and stronger and stronger in you as you spend time with him and don't yield to the flesh, but yield to the spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Casting down imaginations, casting down what the mind. Not everything originates with your mind. Let me tell you, imaginations come and every high thing that exalts itself. I love this language because some of the things that come are so strong, they're high, they're lofty, they're arrogant, they look right. They exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Doesn't the, the love walk, can't you put it in that category? Yes. Where you, if, you're in the, if you're in the natural, in the mental arena, you're going to think that the love walk looks, makes you look weak. Yeah. It's not. It's nothing but strength and power. Nothing but strength and power. Yes. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, anything that exalts itself against his knowledge, you have to cast it down. Cast it down, that's violent language. That's wrestling language, that's throwing language. It's a lot easier to keep the door shut to things than to open the door and let them come in and try to get them out. If you let a wild animal into your house, even a bird that flies around, you keep the door shut. Or if you realize that you haven't kept the door shut, go back and shut the door. I I reacted wrong there. I'm going to shut the door there. I have the word on that. I'm not opening the door to that. Right. Right? You have to cast it down. It's dangerous. High thoughts against the knowledge of God are dangerous, and you need to treat it like it's dangerous. When you cast something down, it's an aggressive action. It is not a passive one. Throw it down in such a way that it cannot get to its feet again. That's what I was doing in the kitchen. I knew I could not allow it to stay. But years, for years, I would allow that stuff to stay. And I didn't realize what I was doing. It felt reasonable to me. The the thought that came was reasonable. My reaction was reasonable because of the sorrow or the grief or the anger or the pain that the thought brought me with the evidence to back it up. It was reasonable to me, but it's not not for the spirit flow. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to receive it. You don't have to mull it around in your mind and let it torment you. Listen, some people will think this is boring tonight. This is one of the best things. You're not acting bored. I don't mean, I'm not chiding you. I'm just telling you, the the more mature we get, the older we get, the more we realize, oh my God, he offers us. He offers us perfect peace. A walk of peace and in that peace is the power to change and to throw the mountains in the sea cause things to come and not allow our minds to be tortured do you know I mean I I have had I remember one time my husband had to take me to a hotel to calm me down because my cheeks were so red from stress my system was so worked up it took me hours I had to pray I said Lord help me sleep help me sleep." I was I felt completely tortured I mean agony, and it was mental; it was not physical. And he took me, put me in the car, and took me to a hotel and put me in. Put the air conditioning on full blast. I had worked myself into such a degree. I wasn't screaming and yelling. It wasn't that kind of a thing. I was so upset. My heart was beating fast. I don't. I was so beyond myself. And as I began to learn this, I began to realize that I opened the door. I opened the door by thinking it. When it came at me, I did not answer it with the word. I didn't, I didn't say, no, I don't have to think that. I will not think that. God's got his word on that. God's got his spirit on that. God's gonna do exactly what I say. I've got Mark 11, 23, 24. God's working on that, but I didn't. I agonized, I agonized. I was sick to my stomach. I was in agony, and I didn't have to go through any of it. But I thought it was reasonable for what was happening. Surely, it's reasonable. We're only human, after all. Yes, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about a spiritual flow. A spiritual flow that brings wayward children home that fixes broken people, broken marriages, broken scenarios, that brings the dead back to life. We're talking about a supernatural flow. The mind has to agree. We have to make it yield to the word. We have to. It's very important. We do not accept something just because it's being repeated and there is bombardment. I would say, the best defense is to bombard with the word. That's our defense. Yeah. Speaking that word. Yeah. Speaking the word of God. You stir up your innermost man. You stir up that innermost man. That, that's the realm that you walk in all day long. You close your eyes, you go to sleep, you wake up the next morning and it begins again. You step in. You're stepping in you don't lie in bed and rehearse anything negative or I don't like my day I don't like the lineup of my day do you know that that's dread I hate my day I don't want to do that no you've been given a flow of the spirit to walk in all day long he'll walk with you all day long he will walk with you he'll make heavy things light and easy he will make you unaffected because you're exercising spiritual behavior, whereas something else would have just wiped you out, made you tired, made you angry, made you fatigued, made you stressed. There's a spiritual flow for you. Yes. He got on me recently and he said, well, actually, I heard Pastor Nancy say it, but then it happened to me. How you lie in bed and, you, and there come the thoughts. And they're not, they don't feel evil. Yeah. They're just not great. And they, they start, could be, did you, you know, that something somebody said or something you felt you could have handled better. And you're starting to go back over it, go back over it, go back over it. But now it's like I, I'm finding myself, no, nope. I have another flow. I've got to, I don't have time for you. I have to get into that flow. Joy and peace, ability, enablement, knowledge and wisdom, that's the flow. And anything else, there's bumpers around the mind. And I control it. I'm controlling it. I'm not perfect, but I'm after it. Yeah. 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 That's good. I was believing. Um, I was believing for someone's deliverance a few years ago. And um, as I was, I was bringing Mark eleven twenty three to it, I said, you got to move. I command you to move. You got to move. I told you you got to move. But it was demons I was dealing with. And somebody else and I don't know I just I, I was talking to it and say you have to leave I told you I told you you got to go and and I would pray and that verse would come roaring out and I would say the word told me that if I speak to you you've got you got to leave and I was gaining strength in it but there was a buffeting and this is what the enemy would say to me just like a person talking to me honestly he'd say well you can use mark eleven twenty three for most things but not for that that's not how demons leave people. You've gotta like at least lay your hands on, I mean, I knew the difference. You can't do it like that, that's not gonna work. For what that is, that's way too big. You can't just say, you can't just say, and I would say, I've got Mark eleven twenty three. Yeah, but you can't say it for that, and I would say, it doesn't say that. Mark eleven doesn't say that I can believe for all, everything, but don't use it to cast out devils. It doesn't say that, but it was, it was so, it was such a buffeting. It was, I, was, I was like I was trying to get my feet under me and I felt like something was constantly trying to pull them. I would answer it and say, no, no. I've got Mark 11:23. You have to leave. I'm casting you out. You have to go. And, um, and one night I woke up. And I woke up. And this is exactly how he said it. This was the Lord Jesus. <laughs> I opened my eyes. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. And when my eyes came op- open, I heard him say, I told you. That's exactly how we said it. I told you that if you would speak to a mountain, it would have to listen to you if you didn't doubt in your heart, but you believed what you said. And I said, yes, sir. And I got up out of bed and I went out in the living room and I knew, I, I remember I said, devil, I got you by the tail. I'm gonna turn, I got you. I got you." I knew it and I was answering it, but he put, ugh, he put fire in me that night to get it done. And it matters that the word brings us into peace. Everything is based on the word. If you have a life that there's not enough word, okay, should I be, do what I do. Get up in the morning and spend at least half an hour in the word, nothing else. Don't pray, put the word in front of your face. I don't know where to start. Pick a book, Romans is great. John is great, Hebrews is astounding, they're staggering, they're amazing. Pick Ephesians, it talks about your inheritance of grace. I'm not being glib, I'm saying do not let that stop you. Do not let that stop you. First thing in the morning, first thing, get the word in front of your face. Well, I don't always feel it, you will. Just get the word in front of your face, it is your food. You have to eat, you have to eat, you have to eat. You're getting into the flow for your day. You've got to have truth in front of you so that it comes out of your mouth. And you're in that flow. You're protecting your thoughts. You're getting, you're stirring yourself up. I don't mean being hyper, but you're eating the word of God and you're you're protecting your mind. You begin to speak the things that are nothing but life and the situations that you're dealing with. Nothing but life. I got to be honest with you. With the Lord, there's not really a plan B. That's true. That's true. I found that plan B's came for me because I didn't have enough word in me or I'm doubting. Yeah. Once I know what he said, there's no plan B. That's it. Yeah. There's no plan B. What, well, what are we going to do? No, there's no plan B. There's turning to the Lord and getting wisdom and knowledge for that season in that difficulty until you know exactly what to do in that season. Yeah. Until it's completed. And there might be three or four or five or six, seven seasons before it's completed. But you have to have the word and you can't be empty. You can't. Because you won't mean it when you say it. You won't. You can't. It's got to come out of your spirit. That's where the peace comes from. One of the great strategies of the enemy is repetition. And we let him slide. We let him slide. We say things, he says things over and over and over. And we're, if we're not careful, we don't even recognize it. I remember when I lived in Scarborough years ago, I'd get on the bus and every time I got on the bus, I'd flinch away from someone because I had this mental picture of someone stabbing me when I got on the bus. I was not afraid. It was, it was like a flash, but he did that to me and finally one day I realized that I had had that thought for years. I'd had that thought for years. It's like a mental... A mental thought of being stabbed. And, and I remember the day I stopped and went, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. But I didn't realize it. Yeah. It was a thought, but I never answered it. Yeah. You have to stop thoughts by speaking to yeah. them. Yeah. You stop their movement. Yeah. Because God gave you power yes. in your tongue for life. Yes. So when you're encountering death, you have to speak. Yeah. No, you don't. I'll tell you what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Well, I might not know the outcome, but I know it's going to end in victory. I might not know all the steps to get there, but he does, and he's going to bring me to victory. We have to put restraint on our minds. It's controlled. (laughs) We have to. Faith comes by hearing and hearing, which is repetition, but fear comes the same way. Keeps going at you. He keeps going at you. You have to answer him. Don't yield. Do not yield to him in any arena. You've been given power. You don't have to yield to him. If a troubling thought comes, you don't take it. (coughs) If it's not in line with the word, you resist it. And you refuse to take it or agree with it and give it entrance and movement within you. Jesus did his part by providing spiritual power for a sound mind. The only way you're going to experience a sound mind is to do the word. You get healed because you do the word. Faith rises to take that healing. Your faith has to arise. You have to first of all understand that a sound mind is available for you. And go after that and take that the same way you would take prosperity, the same way you, you take anything in the kingdom of God. You have to be very definite about it. But you also have to know it's available. Jesus did his part by providing spiritual power for a sound mind. That's part of our inheritance package. Now we, he gave it. We got to protect it. The word is food for your spirit, but it's also food for your mind. Your mind needs the word just like your spirit needs the word. Your mind needs the word, just like your spirit needs the word. Yes. You must believe that a sound mind is available. If God's given me a, uh, um, a sound mind, then why don't I have it? Uh, same thing with healing, right? God's healed us. Why am I sick? Right? It's because it's in the unseen realm. Yeah, right. He provided it spiritually. It belongs to you but we have to cooperate with what the word instructs us to do to walk in that freedom. Right. Remember in Mark 11, 23, 24, so it's probably 25, where it says, you have to forgive or your mind's gonna be given over to the tormentors. Yeah. And people hear that and they hold grudges. Yeah, yeah. 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 this is, you're not gonna be forgiven. And you're, what you're doing is you're taking your mind and you're opening up like a big, wide barn door and you're saying, devil, come in and torment. That's exactly what you're doing. And God forbids it for many reasons. But one of the reasons is he needs our mind protected. And there's, there's no soundness in a mind that does not flow in power, dominion, and love. They go together. So you short circuit yourself. You shoot yourself in the, in the foot. Really, by doing that. Uh, It's in the unseen realm. We have to cooperate with the Word. Remember, we are doers of the Word, and when we are, the flow of heaven is able to make us walk according to the Word and to experience what the Word says is ours. It doesn't just fall on us. We know that. We have to do our part. If you look out in Christendom, most of the church doesn't, understand the part that we have to engage in. It's all God. It's all God. I heard this beautiful sounding song that I actually really love the melody. I was talking with you about it. And it says, uh, about God, I wasn't holding you up so I can't let you down. Something like that. It sounds great, doesn't it? God's so great, you know. we weren't holding him up so he's not going to fall, he's not, we can't let him down. But that's totally anti-scriptural. You can totally displease the Lord, make him angry. He loves you, but you can let him down and let him down every day of your life if you don't do the word. Without faith, you can't do the word and you can't please him without faith, right? When we are facing opposition against our minds, we must make sure that we're spending time in the word, getting his word into our hearts and into our thought life. The Word helps you weed out wrong thoughts yes. that come, that you've taken in. Weeds in the natural take the nutrients from the healthy soil. Right. It does, it, it chokes it. Yeah. Wrong thinking will drain our hearts and our minds of thinking the right thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Make you powerless. Yeah. It will. The Word will help you find the weeds in your life, in your thought life, and pull them out it will as you hear the preached word and you take it into your heart you begin to pull the things out that are anti-scriptural that are not pleasing to the lord where you ever been in a swell we're in services all the time but you just know where you're coming short yes you know where you uh maybe let something slide or maybe you were a little light-hearted about something that really you should have taken a heavier hand because it's more dangerous than you thought you're letting it slide. You know, the Word will do that. It will help us see those weeds and pull them out. And, you know, you can't, you got to hack the life out of them till they're <laughs> out of the ground. Yeah. You can't leave the bottom part intact and just chop off the top. You can't. Yeah. Right? And that's why a half-hearted effort at controlling the thought life is not going to work for you. Now, nobody's perfect. You make your, you make your, you make a steadfast decision to come out of those old habits. Right. If you're backbiting people, stop. If you're walking in unforgiveness, just stop. Cold turkey, just stop. Make, make a quality decision. I'm not doing that anymore. If you're a worrier, if you worry about money, you worry about the future, you worry about your relationships you, or lack of them, you worry about the kids. You have, you have to put boundaries around your mind. It will stop the torment, but it will also put you in a position of power. You've got to get into that flow of power and dominion. You can't operate in power and dominion worrying. You can't. God is with you. He's with you. So that flow is yours all day long, no matter what happens. The peace flow is your flow. The word doesn't just help us cope. It removes wrong thoughts. And if you think, no, it doesn't. You don't know it yet. That's okay. You need to keep listening to the word until that's real to you. It removes wrong thoughts. We are not called to cope with fear or suppress it. We are called to get it out. That's what the Word does. Ah, don't give convenient time to the Word, but give it as much time as it needs to get the job done. When you sense in your life an area where you're weak, and you can feel it, could be, it could be worry about the kids, you just get a sick feeling every time something about the kids, something about the kids. You gotta open up the oven of your spirit and you gotta put the Word in until you are strengthened. Till your mind that is letting the devil come in. Because the devil's not going away. Yeah. No. The, the control has to be, you control it. Yeah. So you have to, if when you sense weakness, you get the word and you start putting it in your spirit and getting it. I call it that oven. I just stack in wood <laughs> in the furnace yeah. until it's at a good level yeah. where you're operating in peace. Yeah. And when things come, you're answering. No. Nope. Not a moment. No. I don't think those thoughts. No. We're kept by the power of God through faith. Amen. And I'll tell you, it is a wonderful, wonderful um, revelation to know that God is not following you around in life. He's in front. Yes. Yes. Amen. He's in front of you. Amen. He's trying to guide. Yes. That's why that time in the morning, Amen. someone might say, well, I do the night shift. Whatever your morning is, your first, you know, first fruits of the day. Get it be- get it before the Lord. Seek ye first, remember? That's right. mm-hmm. yeah. Everything we're okay with, we'll have. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have. There are things that follow families. Yeah. There's demons. There's familiar spirits. And uh, sometimes it takes time to gain mastery over them because of our thinking. We don't think right, we don't act right, we don't have enough word in us, just weak spiritually. But as we rise in power, in the knowledge of who we've been made and what's ours, we drive those things out. And one of the markers of a mature Christian is somebody who is marked by peace. Our decisions and the things that we think about do shape our life. They do. They shape our life. It it's something that can be seen. Amen. Depending on what we're thinking about, the decisions that we're making according to the thoughts that we're letting in or keeping out, depending. It does shape our life. It really does. And we, we need our lives to go the distance. Yeah. We need our lives to take others with us into a, a realm of life a realm of peace you know you ever have that, that family where you go and and when you get there everyone's back bites each other and it's just contentious this flesh that's not our flow no we don't tear people to pieces and we're not going to let you do it either seriously we we have a say And this life that comes out of our mouth and comes out of our mind, this peace that we've been given, we have to fight for it. And that shield of faith is in front of us to aid us, to keep us in that flow so that no matter, we're always producing life. Things in our path are always getting fixed. They're always getting restored. They're always getting turned around. Because when you run into something and you don't have the mastery over it yet, you yield yourself to God, you stay in peace. You get into his word and you allow him to lead you until you're victorious. But you notice the flesh is nothing like that. The flesh is, I'm this, I'm that. Uh, I can't do what I'm supposed to do. I'm no good, I can't succeed, Uh, someone else is better than I am. It's all self instead of looking into the word to see our identity. And once we become wise to it, we can't allow ourselves to do that anymore. That is an action of hell. We're not to agree with his thoughts, we agree with the Lord's thoughts. We get after those thoughts, those high thoughts. Because he wants you to think his thoughts. And if he says you're something, you are that. If he says you are that, you are that. How you watch over the crop in your mind will determine how prosperous you are. Things can be destroyed or you can protect the field of your mind. You have been given weapons to control what goes in and what gets planted there. The soil of your heart needs your attending. You know, Christians, they don't understand that God's given you a life. You have to pray over your life, a lot, a lot. You have to pray out the plan for your life all the time. No one is gonna pray for your life like you, no one, no one, not a loving mother, no one is gonna pray for you like what your spirit should be praying out for your life Because God has to manifest himself through your vessel. It's your life that has to be prayed out. It's your life that has to be protected. Now we pray for others a lot. But your life affects so much. The plan of God has to come through your vessel. Who's going to pray for that if you don't? You know, people think that because if they pray for themselves, the devil will whisper in their ear, you're so selfish. All you do is pray for yourself. And meanwhile, they're just getting started on a real prayer life. Because you have to pray out yeah. the plan of God for your life. You'll pray for others. Yeah. But you have, that's spiritual behavior. But he, the devil is always trying. He's always trying to get us thinking wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we think wrong, we're going to speak wrong. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll dumb down the call. Yeah. Whatever the call is on our life, he wants us to speak against it. He doesn't want us to rise. He doesn't want us to think like God. He doesn't want those thoughts or those words in our mouth. He does not want our minds protected. He does not want that. You know, um, Pastor Nancy talks about how you can live in a property, and at night, you know, if the windows are open, you shut the windows, you can put the locks on, or whatever. But if an enemy were to come, you know, they they try to check. Everything where there's a lock. Everything where there might be an availability to get in. The enemy does the same thing. Mm -hmm. Remember it says in Luke 4 that the devil stood off and looked for a more opportune time to attack Jesus? See, he tried, but he had no way to get in. It says the Lord never gave him a place. He answered him with the word. We're no different. He stands back and he looks. He looks and he tries to assess. And so he knows the words to speak. He knows the words that cause terror. He knows the words that cause agony. He knows the words that cause rejection. He knows the words that cause loneliness and fear. He knows the words that cause people to work themselves to death because ambition is the only way out that they can feel to get out of that hole where life feels like nothing. So they have to overperform. There's ditches everywhere. That's why he gave you his word. So that when those things come, you can speak to them. Anything that is not a flow of peace is wrong. Anything that is frantic, anything that pushes you is not the flow of heaven. We work at things, we put our hand to the plow, but you know, the Lord said we don't toil. Even in that, we don't toil. He's called us to such a high standard of life, but we've got to protect our minds. We're not allowed to think any old thing we want to think. We're not allowed to talk bad things, wrong things, uh, things that are lesser, things that deflate, things that cut, things that wound, negative things. Oh, don't get me started about negative things. You have to pull that weed. You have to yank that out until every bit of it is gone. There is no natural, there is no negative flow in the flow of heaven. There is no negative flow in the flow of heaven. We, we walk through life, we have to be strong and firm sometimes, but I'm talking about negative thoughts. When you speak them, you give birth to them. And it gives birth to grumbling. Mm. And it gives birth to a mantra of negative. Yeah. We joke about the glass being half empty. Yeah. But that's the flow of hell. That's right. and, that's and over time, those things, they, they, they come. Repetition, remember? Repetition, 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 small stronghold, medium stronghold, big stronghold, strong tower stronghold. It can still be cast down, but it's gonna take a recognition of the word to be able to cast it down. And we have to actually see the need to cast it down. But it, uh, if, if all we talk about is natural, if that's all we talk about it's natural, 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 and we give it, it's reasonable to talk about the gas prices, it's reasonable to talk about the grocery prices, it's reasonable to talk about you know, this and that. It's, it's reasonable in the natural realm, but there's no help there. Yeah. Yeah. So the church has to recognize the words that have been given, the shield that goes around the mind, and move into that house, shut the door behind them, and refuse to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Refuse to come out. Yeah. Because that's where victory lies. Okay. Proverbs 4.23, and I'm finishing... Guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. You can see the future of a farmer by going and looking at his field. If the weeds are allowed to overgrow the crop because they've been left unattended, they will steal the harvest. That's a real picture of what happens. It affects how the farmer is going to live, how well he's going to do for that year. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be vigilant. Be sober, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now I have no idea why people take this verse and make it sound like a weak metaphor. I don't understand that. The word is saying just the same way that a roaring lion tears apart other animals and devours them. Eats them while they're screaming. Sorry, it's the truth. He's saying the devil's like that. And you hear people, well, the devil's not really. Alive. I've heard so many things. He's saying, you have to be sober. You have to be vigilant because he's walking around as if. Have you ever heard a lion roar when he's on the prowl? Yeah. It's a vicious, all, it's very intimidating. So the word is saying he's like that lion and if he gets a chance, he's going to devour you. I've seen people devoured. I've lived long enough to see people that even as a child, they were, they seem pretty normal. And I've seen, I've watched their life get ripped apart with sorrow and grief and loss, not just on one side, but I mean, they're a shell of who they are when they're done. And some of them are in, in the ground. I've lived long enough to see it, what looked like the dissension of someone. And this is what this verse is saying. He's seeking who he may devour. We're not magnifying him, but watchfulness is required over our life. Do not, and I'm ending with this, do not turn your mind over to thoughts that trouble you. Don't turn it over to worry, to unforgiveness, to anger, panic, hopelessness, Don't turn it over to hopelessness. When you feel hopelessness come on you, you start speaking. You deal with the torment. You speak to it until it leaves. You tell it it doesn't have a place. That you're redeemed from it. That Jesus took your grief and sorrow. You tell it. You tell it. You're not hopeless. Not one day of your life are you hopeless. Hmm. Give your mind over to the care of the word. So you're not turning it over to the enemy, but you're turning it over to the care of the word. Amen. That's right. We can feed this word into our minds, into our spirits. What a privilege. He's given us the ability to attend that garden masterfully. But we have to be interested. We have to be interested. Life is sweet when we think right. It's not difficult. It's more difficult to let the garden fill with weeds than it is to pluck them out as you see them. As you begin to understand, oh, I'm walking in a lesser flow here. Or I'm worried a lot. Or I feel dread a lot. Or I I feel depression. You have to recognize that it's not you. You have not been given that. Jesus redeemed you from that. You don't have to cope. He removes those things from you as you do his word. As you do his word. I just, I want to thank the Lord Jesus because this year was, it was a new, it's just been a new year. I get a, I'm kind of marveling at the protection around my mind. It's a new place I've never been. And I, I was grateful to tell my, my spiritual mother, I said, keep, keep teaching it mom i said because i got it i got it in pieces i said but something clicked this year where i finally felt like oh okay the ups and downs stop it's just it's consistency in that realm that walking in the spirit and i told her i said it might look like we're not getting it mom but your kids are listening and i said i listen to you every day And if I miss a day, I go back. You know, she has her YouTube videos. 28 minutes is perfect. You need to sit in front of that. It'll change your life. I'm not joking. It'll change your life. It's changing mine. But when you listen and when you hear the word, do the word and trust that the word is going to do what you have no power to do. You don't have the power to keep yourself from being depressed, to keep yourself from this or that, in just your own mental arena. You don't. But with that flow of the spirit and those weapons, knowing what to do when it hits your mind, acknowledging it, answering it with the word, and refusing to take the thought. I'll end with this. I know what it's like now to feel something come, answer it, and turn and walk in the other direction, and feel immediate relief and joy, because that's the flow of heaven, joy. Peace in the Holy Ghost. He's not just throwing religious words around. That belongs to us. That belongs to us. We have to walk in that if we're going to reach our potential. Otherwise, the more you go into the levels of the word and the levels of the spirit, the enemy brings bombardment. And Pastor Nancy said this, and I, when she said it, I noted it. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm after it, but I'm just like I'm trying to learn it. She said, she was bombarded about something and God said to her, if you were far enough in the spirit, you wouldn't even be able to hear the bombardment. And I thought, wow, okay. So she's talking about that realm. You know, the word gives us, the word gives us um, picture words, like it'll say, um, there's doors open, unto to me, but there are very, there's many adversaries. Well, doors is like, a, it's an entrance word. It's, it helps us figure out that something is open that we can walk through. The door gives us a picture, right? And many words in, in the Bible are like that because he's trying to put handles on things that are spiritual. That's why he's saying, be sober, be vigilant. There's a, there's a lion that's, yeah, he's, he's seeking to devour, but he can't get you if you're sober. Sober with the word, sober with your mind. And when things come, you cast it down. What an amazing image yeah. that you would take it and cast it. He yeah. tells us those things so that we, we do right, we act right, we say right, and we think right. We have dominion over Satan. He is defeated. He is defeated. And we have control over our minds to think right, to be peaceful. And um, it's a beautiful life he's called us to. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, you take pieces of it and sew it into the hearts. These beautiful hearts, Lord, of these people that are here tonight that need answers. We all need answers from the word of God. Things, Open doors, Lord, uh, in them, Father, that need to be shut. There are open doors that need to be shut, Father, to the mind. I pray that you would make them sober and skillful and vigilant Uh, Father, that roaring lion would just have to walk on by because he has no place in us. And Lord, I thank you. You make them proficient. Help them to slam the door on wrong thoughts for them to recognize that they are well able to do the word. Lord, I pray that the simplicity of this teaching tonight goes in and that immediately, even tonight, Lord, they would begin to reject thoughts that are of death that are of worry, that are of the realm of Satan, that are of the natural realm that bring no solution, no aid, no relief. But Father, they would resist them and they would turn their minds only to the word of God. They would think on things that are lovely, that are pure, that are honest, that are trustworthy, that are of good report, Father, because you've given us those words to keep us, to sustain us, that we may be content, Lord, in whatever situation we're in so that we could turn to the Spirit and get the relief that we need there, the answers, the assurance that we need there, Father. And we use our faith to do this. Lord, when we speak to demons, when we speak to situations, when we speak to thoughts and tell it, you're not coming in. Father, it requires faith. And Lord, that faith pleases you because you're able to go into action to protect our minds, Lord. Oh, what a life full of joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like you, Lord. I thank you. You've opened the eyes of the people, Lord, tonight to even understand that you purchased that for them in the Garden of Gethsemane. You gave them your mind, your sound mind. Now, they must access it by faith and by doing the word. And I thank you for them, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray that captivity would be broken, that healing would flow, and that deliverance would be... Uh, attached, Lord, to this message tonight, they would begin to have great relief in areas that have troubled them, that have hurt them. Father, I pray they would hurt no more. Let your word do the heavy lifting, Lord, let them stay in peace and joy as you work it out, and you will work it out. So I thank you for it, Father, tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen.